Welcome to the Storyline Podcast, where we are talking to global leaders about God's global mission. Welcome to the Storyline Podcast. My name is Kirby, and I'm so glad you joined us for today's episode where you're going to hear an interview between Austin Gillis, who is one of our directors in Latin America. Uh, He's going to be talking to a friend of his uh, who really is a partner with Storyline in El Salvador. It's just incredible to hear uh, what uh, Jake is doing in El Salvador. Uh, you know, it's probably not one of our top destination places for tourism from the United States. Uh, many of us have heard about the gang situation uh, in El Salvador. I mean, really, the, the gang started in the United States. There were um, people who were from El Salvador who got into uh, gang-related activities here in many of the major cities in the United States and have returned now to El Salvador and continue much of that gang activity. Uh, so uh, it takes uh, quite a bit of bravery and courage to be a missionary in El Salvador. And so you hear Jake talk about that, but you'll also hear uh, Jake mention that uh, Christians within the church in El Salvador are listening to what God's heart is for all nations, uh, that God desires to redeem people from all nations, and how the Christian church in El Salvador wants to participate in that around the world. Uh, so incredible stories. I can't wait for you to hear uh, this just fascinating conversation. Let's get started. All right. Hey, Storyliners. I'm here in El Salvador with my friend Jake. Uh, Jake, you want to just say hi to everybody? Hey there. Jake works with a ministry called Christ for the City here in San Salvador with several ministries around the city, in the city, and even expanding out into the country. Uh, So, Jake, how'd you end up in El Salvador? Like, this doesn't seem like a country (laughs) that everybody's dying to get to. How'd you end up here? No, it's not on the tourist uh, top 10 places to visit normally, but... Honestly, the story goes back to probably right after I graduated from college. I graduated from college with an engineering degree and actually went into the secular workforce after college and missions was not on my mind at all. Um, I worked for about 10 years for a large corporation and a variety of roles from engineering all the way into management. And my story in missions really started uh, in 2008 when our church uh, had a short-term mission trip to El Salvador available and I had always I'd grown up in the church uh, but never had a chance to go on an international mission trip and it piqued my interest and so I signed up and took that trip that year and it was um, it was impactful was probably the word that I would use it impacted me it opened my eyes to um, how people live outside of the United States. Uh, you, you see these things on TV, but when you when you see them firsthand, um, it completely changes your perspective. And and I returned back home, and uh, I remember telling my wife and urging her to go the the, the following year. And so uh, it was a hard sell because we had two young kids, but I agreed to take a week of vacation, and and she would go on the trip with the church the following year, which she did in 2009. The return home from that trip was amazing because my wife came back a completely different person. Her heart was broken for the people of this country. Her uh, really, her, she left half of her heart in El Salvador, and so she immediately checked out Spanish from dumb, for dummies from the library, taught herself Spanish, signed up for the next youth group trip to El Salvador, and it started a process of us coming down here on short-term mission trips. Uh, those trips 
got us thinking and wondering what God was up to because it didn't seem feasible that he had a life of short-term mission trips planned for us. It seemed like he was moving our hearts and, and opening us to something bigger that he, um, that he had going on. And uh, several things happened in the process. We, we even explored adoption and started the process of looking to adopt a child from El Salvador. But maybe the, the hinge moment in, in the whole process uh, or the turning point was one night when Becky had come back from a short-term trip here and she uh, she was just aching because she'd come back and it, every time it was it was this helpless feeling of not being able to do more and she was crying and uh, I was trying to comfort her and and she said uh, well it's not like you'd ever move to El Salvador and in a in a fateful moment I said the words well don't say never and uh, and she stopped crying she looked at me and said, really, you'd move to El Salvador? And I said, no, that's not what I said, but, but don't say never. And, and I, I asked her, really, you'd move to El Salvador? And she said, yeah, I, I would have left the day after our first trip. I would have moved there. And it floored me because we had, we had gone through this experience for a couple of years of short-term trips, and I never knew that was on her heart or it was on her heart to that extent. And so we began uh, seeking God's will and prayer to... Um, or asking God to, to really bring us on the same page. And uh, because in, in my flesh, uh, as we hinted at at the beginning of this podcast, El Salvador is really not known as a destination uh, where you want to move your family. And, um, and I didn't know Spanish at this point. And it, it, it was something, honestly, that just didn't make any sense to me. I didn't want to do it. Um, I, was, I was content in my career. I was happy uh, where we were living, and it was something that I wasn't, frankly, uh, interested in doing, but I agreed to pray about it. Uh, it was interesting how God worked in that process because uh, he, he used anything and everything to convince me of his, uh, of his plan and his desire, and all the sermons in church, all the songs on the radio, everything I was reading in devotionals or books, everything, everything was telling me to go. And it took me three or four months of really fighting against my fleshly desire to not go and giving in to a plan that made absolutely no sense. And as I mentioned, I have an engineering degree and I looked for the logic in this plan and never found it. I looked for an explanation of what I'd be doing or why he wanted me to go and I never found it. I was left with a simply a call to go and a call to obedience. and. Um, most of us in the American church, I, I don't think, are accustomed to putting ourselves in vulnerable positions where, uh, where we, we don't know what's, what's ahead. But that's what God was calling us to. And, and um, I'm grateful that uh, he, he convinced me or led me to the point where we said yes. And, um, and so we took a step of obedience and really was a leap of faith. And moving our family here and found the organization Christ for the City that was already here in this country doing great things and um, and decided to join them in uh, in the work that God's doing here in, in El Salvador. That's awesome. One of the things I, I love that you said is that uh, you joined Christ for the City and they were already doing something here. We often forget that we don't bring God to the nations that he's already there and we just get to partner with him like you and your wife came to partner with Christ for the City. 
Yeah. And one of that, to be quite honest, that was one of the things that really attracted us to this organization and what they're doing. And, and although it is an international organization with headquarters in the United States, it's uh, it's not a top-down organization. It's it provides support from the United States, but the leadership from from base directors all the, all the way through uh, local board of directors that govern each base, all the leadership and the large majority of the workers in Christ for the City are nationals from the countries where Christ for the City is working. That is awesome. Uh, so w- what is, what's Christ for the City doing here in El Salvador? Christ for the City, whether it's in El Salvador, Costa Rica, or, uh, or somewhere across the ocean in, um, in India, all of our bases have the vision of trying to bring hope, trying to bring vision to the local church, and trying to uh, bring witness to places where there is no witness for Christ. So here in El Salvador, one of the uh, one of the major issues here in this country are the gangs and uh, the accompanying violence that that comes with those gangs. And so many of our ministries are working towards trying to bring hope to those people groups who are affected by that, or trying to reach the kids who are susceptible or at risk to joining those gangs before that happens. So we have uh, several ministries working with those at-risk kids, things like uh, a soccer ministry, where we work with probably 150 to 200 kids on a regular basis uh, who are at risk for joining the gangs, Uh, many of them coming from broken homes or homes where they have the male figure in the home is actually part of the gang or even the female. And our coaches work literally it's long-term discipleship is really the best way to describe that. Through using the sport of soccer, our coaches have earned a, a spot in these boys' lives and they work to provide guidance and direction and hope uh, to the kids that, that uh, many of them are not receiving elsewhere. We, uh, we have other ministries that we work through, uh, things like art and music and computer classes and a variety of things uh, through youth centers. So uh, we've, we've partnered with local churches, part of trying to bring hope and bring a vision to the local church and looking for new ways to reach their community. Uh, we have a ministry that helps uh, plant youth centers uh, that the local church owns and operates, but Christ for the City comes along, helps them in that process, and also helps to resource them in some cases. But the goal is to reach the youth in their community through classes and through creating an environment and a space that, you, that the youth can come off the street and be part of something that's gospel-centered. We do things like English classes that are offered free of charge in, in several different communities. So we have some of those ministries uh, structured around reaching people maybe before they're, they're joined the part of the gangs, but we also have ministries uh, that work with folks that are literally part of the gang today. So uh, the other ministry that we have uh, which works directly with the gangs is a prison ministry. And if there was a group that I would say has the biggest absence of hope, although they might not admit it, it would be the people who are in gangs and especially those who are who are in prison because of it. Um, most of these kids, and they really are kids when they join the gang, don't join it for any other reason than, than an absence of hope in their lives. They're looking for identity, they're looking for that, and, and they're, they're, they found it in the, in the wrong place. So we, we're going inside the prisons and using a variety of programs to, to reach those youth in there. 
And besides that, uh, Christ for the City has a couple other things. We have a medical and dental clinic and child sponsorship programs. That's awesome. It seems like y'all have your hand in a lot of different areas, bringing hope to, to the country of El Salvador. So you talked about your missionaries that work, uh, work with you guys. How did, how did they come about? How did they become missionaries? How did the, the country of El Salvador produce these missionaries? <laughs> the, the interesting thing is there's, there's a long history of the gospel being here in El Salvador. So it, it certainly didn't arrive with me and even the missionaries uh, before me. Um, so the church, the church is fairly well established here in El Salvador. So it might, it might seem an interesting place for a missionary to want to come, but I would say, uh, and along the lines with the Christ for the City vision, in many contexts, planting churches is part of being a missionary, but also being a missionary is encouraging and helping to resource the churches, helping them, uh, helping to disciple people inside the churches and outside the churches and bring them along. And I'd, I would say that the missionaries joining our team are a large result of that effort are discipling people that are already involved in the local churches helping them to understand what what it means to live out your faith that it's not it's not just a religious profession but this is something that changes your worldview uh, true christianity changes uh, it changes everything about about not just how you think but um how you live out your life and and so as a result of that, many people have decided that, um, that they want to invest their lives in serving the Lord, and, and they've found working with Christ for the city as a way to do that. And, and so in some cases, that's, um, that's helping provide for, for physical needs. And, and in all cases, though, it's also bringing the gospel and providing for the spiritual health of the people in this country. And, and I, I've found that many people, most people have heard the name of Jesus Christ, have, have heard of God um, because of the religious history in this country, but many don't understand what that means. If you, if you look at the statistics, there's the large majority of people would, would profess to be Christians, whether Catholic or evangelicals, but yet we're leading the world in homicide rate. So there's a, there's, there's a, um, a lack of of understanding how that works its way out in our lives. There's a lack of relationship in many cases, and uh, and it's a religious profession, and nothing nothing less or nothing more than that. And and so a large part of our job is helping people understand what that really means, what the Bible really says, and how that impacts your life. How do you see the potential of the El Salvadoran Church to? reach itself as a nation, reach the nations around it, and even reach God's global vision for the world? Oh, it, it's, uh, it's got tremendous potential that it's already realizing, to be honest with you. So one of the things that surprised me, and one of the neat things uh, I think about what's happening in the global church is that here we are in a country in El Salvador where I've come as a missionary. And what I've discovered since being here is that El Salvador, the church in El Salvador, has already and is currently sending missionaries to other parts of the world. And in many cases, these are parts of the world where, where the American church is locked out or it's difficult to get a visa or, um, or, or where there's very few Americans uh, in missions. And so 
I, I know of families from here who are in Afghanistan as missionaries. I know of families who are in, in, in Africa, in many parts of Africa. And uh, I know f- there are several missionaries here in Spain, which is a very post-Christian uh, country, a secular country. And so it, where, by the way, the language is the native language of El Salvador. And so it, it's really exciting to see those things already happening. I would say that the the dream or where I love to see the church is continuing to grow to impact its own country as well. So so we're living in a country that, that last year led the world in homicide rate. I don't see that changing as much as the government has tried to implement new measures against the gangs and that that's part of it, but that's not gonna change it. This world is not, this country is not going to find peace if the church doesn't step up and be the church and be the light and bring the peace that passes all understanding to this country. And so that's that's really where I wanna see the church in El Salvador. And, and the church is, 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 is aware of that and is stepping into that role, but that's, um, that's where I, I, I believe the church needs to go in the next, next few years. That's awesome, man. Well, I just wanna thank you for your time. Thank you for uh, just talking with me and sharing a little about your story and your vision uh, for the country of El Salvador. And thank you for leading people and discipling people into the Great Commission. For all you back home, it's as easy as just following what God is laying on your heart. Uh, Maybe he's calling you to El Salvador. Maybe he's calling you to be a missionary at your job or uh, in your neighborhood. Be sensitive to where God's calling you. Jake, thanks for your time, man. Uh, My pleasure. Absolutely. And thank you guys. Well, fascinating conversation today. I'm glad you were with us on today's podcast. Hey, listen, if you have been joining us on our podcast from someplace in the world, um, we can see that there are people listening to the Storyline podcast in Japan and in Canada and Germany and France, Uh, just a global audience for this podcast. We would love to hear from you. How have these conversations uh, helped move you forward in considering missions from your country? Send us a message at info at storylinemissions.org. That is info at storylinemissions.org. We would love to hear from our global audience about how this podcast is impacting you and your thoughts about missions. Thanks.